guys question of the day. I want you to pick one famous person to be dropped off in a jungle and hunted, like like Deadly Prey style. Now, just some ground rules for this so that you're aware. One, you don't necessarily have to do the hunting. You get to observe in some way, whether that's you're actually on site or you get like a recorded video later. And I'm not saying that the person has to live or die. Ultimately, you get to decide that with your answer. I'm just saying you get to pick the person. Well, I would think that the person would be the deciding factor. That Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> but, so, I know who I would pick. And honestly, I know who I would pick for Philip. So, <laughs> so let's just not let Philip answer, and you can just speak for him for this I'm, entire podcast. Well, I'm curious how <laughs> Philip, Philip will answer. But I, I will go first. I already told them prior to us for starting, Stephen. You can confirm or deny my choice, which is, I say, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm, okay. Because, I mean, the man's a badass. Yeah, I mean, he was a, a crazy hunter. Uh, I'm not sure how... Uh, fair that those safari hunts were and things I like mean, that. I mean, how but, fair is any hunt between a human and anything? Well, what I'm saying is, like, I didn't know if it was, like, just him and a fucking lion or a fucking grizzly bear or whether it was him, 18 other guys, and, yeah, but <laughs> and a grizzly bear. Yeah, but this is the same guy who uh, got shot in the chest before a speech and still gave the speech. <laughs> <laughs> was still like, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, I think I'm okay. Let's just do the speech. Yeah, and there's at least some confirmed instances of him dealing with animals one-on-one. Yeah, I, I for agree sure. With, I agree with Steven, but either way, I'm still saying, like, he's got the chops to do this. He's yeah. got the chops to survive. Was he, was he in a war? Uh, Spanish-American war, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I was like, so does he have a, does he have experience murdering people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has a military career, yeah. But um, who who I would pick for Philip is well. Why don't you let the rest of us pick, and then you can tell us okay. what you would pick. That's for good. Philip. Go ahead. I'm glad you have somebody in mind specifically for me. Like I'm just the kind of guy who would want to hunt people. If I tell you who it is, you'll agree. I'm sure oh, I will. Well, go ahead. Okay. Well. Okay. So mine, I would either pick Bradley Cooper or the lady. The expiation lady from the mist <laughs> so just because you hate them and you want them to be hunted to death yeah mostly that <laughs> that's fair because nothing is as satisfying than when that dude shoots her in the face spoiler well especially when it because it's toby jones and he's like the most helpless character slash actor ever and he was in that movie you just went and saw <laughs> yeah he was definitely in jurassic world for sure yeah, if he's not busy being a Nazi computer program, he's pretty much just totally hopeless. But, in any case, he killed the fuck out of her, and I want to see... I mean, to the point where I don't even care if it's most dangerous game style. Like, if you just release some tigers to go eat her, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> However it's gotta be. So, uh, what, who, who was the... I would have said for you, Jai Courtney... That's a uh, great choice. Yeah. I, I figured you would have said him before Bradley Cooper. Because Bradley Cooper is actually a good actor. You just don't like his asshole face. <laughs> Precisely. Got that right. Like, all you have to do to make Bradley Cooper tolerable is just put a raccoon over him. <laughs> and then I'm like, huh, this isn't so bad. Put a raccoon <laughs> over him. Yeah. Just strap a raccoon on his ass. <laughs> That's fair. I'm going to go with Christopher Lee. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Christopher Lee 
was like British special forces back in the day. I have no and idea. And like was on, he was basically on a special forces team with Ian Fleming and was like super uh inspirational for a lot of the James Bond stories. Yeah, right? apparently uh had some ha- hand in Nazi hunting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, he was like a straight up like mercenary, like basically like a British Navy SEAL. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, and he's a very large man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's definitely not to be fucked with. As it has a great voice too, like <laughs> Imagine him just talking down on some some asshole hunters. Imagine uh Hayden Christensen just chopping his head off with two lightsabers. <laughs> I don't have to imagine. <laughs> man, I can just see him like cornering poachers and just no more poaching for you ever. <laughs> You're dead. You fucked up. You have fucked up now. <laughs> like he's just completely naked in the woods except for a laser watch. <laughs> well, I never go anywhere without my laser watch. And he has a smaller laser watch on his dick. <laughs> laser cockering, I guess. <laughs> okay, I think I would go with Polly Shore. Ooh. And we're going to call it The Pest 2. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The a, a colon the weasel. <laughs> the pest two colon the weasel colon jury duty two. Colon weasel uh, the juice. I feel like if you really want to capitalize on this terrible sequel name, it's got to be called Pest Control. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not the same. <laughs> because I want to do like the WWE style. This is a sequel that's... It's the same movie as the last time, but th- we're going to just change out the main character. Oh, the Marine? Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> it's like, what would it be like if we had made that movie with this other guy? Let's find out. Yeah. So essentially, me and Cheats pick two people we want to see succeed, and you guys pick people you want to see fail miserably. Yeah. <laughs> I just want the way I, I think I either way, to balance it out. Yeah, either way, he's going to have some Biodome-esque hijinks, <laughs> even if he wins or loses. I mean, he'll probably find a way to, like, stupidity his way out of the situation, as he always does. Well, Even, much like John Leguizamo. Hey, in the, no, matter, no matter what we say, either way, that, may, that movie would make some serious money, even today. Oh, yeah. Just people's like, hey, I remember Polly Shore. <laughs> I hate Scree. him, too. I, I Scree's just the main character villain who's hunting him. Like, probably just because I think you would be a supervillain, as you've said before in some way. I feel like you would just be like... You just drop Pauly Shore off and be like, if you get to the end, you get to live. And, like, he gets to the end. And then you just, even though he, nope. you, even though he won, <laughs> you just step out from behind a tree. Wow! <laughs> Not today, Mr. Shore. I can get behind that. <laughs> yes. How do you guys think uh, Liam Neeson would fare in that scenario? I mean, actual Liam Neeson or him as a... At the gray taken yeah like actually jedi lightsaber no i don't mean like his characters i mean like i mean he has so much experience playing those type of characters well i do think, you think he'd fare well farewell i think we did it having an idea of something you would want to do in the situation is better than you generally start with he would definitely you know? do better than the it's average like, oh i know what my character would do in this situation. He would get a, He would kill the weakest one and get a weapon. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is kind of like that... T- yeah. This is like that time I was being hunted <laughs> by wolves. Hmm, what did I do then? 
It's like, uh, Mr. Neeson, that was in a movie. <laughs> he just stabs him in the throat with finger bottles. That is the most stupidest, lowest rent <laughs> weapon ever. Also, those little bottles are not glass. Hey, man. Like, what else do you have besides, like... Ever. Those are always plastic. Okay. Sometimes they're glass. What else do you have in a, in the woods, Philip, besides, like, rocks and sticks and other things you can make in a way more... That's all you I know, that's what I was getting yeah. at. I mean, have, if we've learned nothing from one of today's movies, all you need are rocks and Right. Well, that's what I was getting at. I was being... And some string and some C4. I was being C4. facetious. Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> You make do with what you have. <laughs> yeah. Why use why use really sharp rocks and sticks when you can just put mini liquor bottles on your fists? Yeah. Probably because that's stupid. They're way as more fuck. Hey, it was cool at the time. It was. I didn't think like it was cool. in the moment, it was pretty good. That's a good. That movie was cool. As that fun. movie's good, but it's not good for the the glass bottle knuckles. <laughs> it's good for the punch of a punch in the face to a wolf. Yeah. Speaking of people that are too stupid to knock out the weakest guy and steal the gun, I think it's time we move on to our movies of today. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Motion Picture Meltdown. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Phil the Kill Collins. Cheats the Streets McGee. Andy Hart. And Cheats picked the movies for us today. I did. Uh, today's movies are 1986 Hands of Steel and 1987 Deadly Prey. And I just have to say, both of these movies are two of the most batshit 80s action movies that I can think of. I'm really glad that at least, like, three of us got to watch these movies together. And Philip, of course, in spirit, because we were just texting the whole time today. Yeah. Well, and also... Our first watches, me, Cheats, and D-Hart got to watch these together, and we're like, what the fuck did we just watch? Like... Well, to be I... fair, D-Hart had seen them before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, both of them? Yeah. Oh, you bastard. Uh, yeah, what a piece I, of shit he is. I, I am a little sad that you didn't get to watch at least Hands of Steel with us, because I don't think you understand how excited Steve and I were fucking for everything in this movie. I mean, I wasn't not excited for it, it's just that after having just watched Deadly Prey, I was like, god damn, is there anything in, does anything exist except for just punching sound effects and just people's faces getting broken? Is there anything else in life? <laughs> because really, these are a lot like if you took all of the Rambo movies, removed all the parts where there's plot, and like put them into a blender, and then threw it at the wall well, as hard as you could. I would definitely not say that about Hands of Steel. Because there's a lot, there's a lot more stuff in that. Hands of Steel was more like if you mixed Universal Soldier with Over the Top. <laughs> yeah. And then sprinkled in a little bit of, um, what the fuck is that movie... I keep forgetting the name of it. It's the one with all the truckers that we watched. Oh, Convoy. One. Convoy. <laughs> just a little bit of Convoy But in that there. was in Over the Top. It was, but yeah, I just feel true. like in Convoy it was a little more Over the Top, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> it was less a focus of the of the situation than we the... We should start with Hands of Steel, since that... Yeah. It, it surprises me that, that Hands of Steel is an Italian movie, considering the fact this includes basically everything that an American 80s action movie needs, up to and including arm wrestling and semi-trucks. Okay, well, that's part of part of the Italian style. It's to just it's steal like, other if stuff. They're, well, if they're not being, like, you know, very Italian, yeah. then uh, it's like, hey, let's pretend to be American, because this is directed by uh, Sergio Martino, under the, uh, under the, the name pseudonym Martin, Martin Dolman. Or Dolman. 
So he's literally, just even for his credits of the movie, pretending to be an American. Yeah, I mean, this, you're not supposed to get the impression that this is Italian. Yeah. Which, good job. I didn't know until I looked it up. Or until it had a sec second title superimposed on the screen and then you're like, oh, okay. I don't think that was on Amazon. At least that's we, where, that's where, we didn't notice it. It was, because I watched it on Amazon. Hmm. Maybe we just didn't notice. It said Atomic Cyborg, and then underneath of that superimposed, it said Hands of Steel. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the Italian title. Oh, okay. Oh, I, yeah. I got you. You know, it didn't have any Italian on yeah. it. You're right. I was thinking of the other, other title, other than Vendetta del Futuro, which I'm assuming just means Future Vendetta. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it sounds that way. <laughs> so, yes, um... As we've described, uh, a little over the top, actually about 50% over the top, 40% some other random action movie, perhaps Rambo, what have you, and then just a little bit of Convoy. Universal Soldier, Terminator, like, the director got the inspiration of this from Terminator, but I feel like the storyline's a little more Universal Soldier. Yeah. Okay, so a cyborg programmed to kill a scientist who holds the fate of mankind in his hands uh, he fails and hides in a diner in a, in a desert by a woman... Run by a woman. Run by a woman. <laughs> who likes who likes him. <laughs> the people who's... This is just... I don't know. It's very poorly written. It's, it's, it's poorly written, so I'm like skipping over words to try to make it make sense. Okay, so the people who sent him are after him, and so is the local arm wrestling champ. <laughs> what a long walk. And it's not, it's not even really accurate. No, it's not... No. But, of course, it's on IMDb, so if it even remotely uh, yeah. mentions anything from the movie, we kind of have to give it back. Yeah, like, the, the whole bit about scientists who holds the fate of mankind in his hands, about 15 minutes into the movie, forget that's even a thing. It well, no, no he's, still, he's still around. He's the one that gives the uh, the great line. It's like, it wasn't particularly large, but it was hard. Extremely hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is the greatest fucking, like, totally out of context. Like, if you weren't uh, watching you... the screen, all you would hear is a man just go... Wasn't like nobody asking him a question. No, no follow he, up. He, he was asked. He was asked to describe the the weapon, which since he was blind, he could only go right. by how it felt when he when it hit him. <laughs> right. But I just mean it's like oh, it felt kind of like a baseball bat. <laughs> it's a little, but uh, shorter than a baseball bat, like a stubby little extremely hard object. It felt very wienery. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it if he said wienery. <laughs> I would say the most notable name in this movie is probably John Saxon from the oh, yeah. Nightmare, on, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. John Saxon, uh, the man who saved his own life during this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, why don't you go ahead and explain that? So, Well, we should probably get to it when we get to should that we get point into in the it? movie. All right, okay. all right. <laughs> so, um, right off the bat, uh, this fucking scientist guy... One, he apparently lives in some sort of a shitty hotel. Well, I think that they're there for like a... He's there to give a speech. And I guess like they set up the... I kind of thought he was more than a scientist. It sounded like he was like a Ralph Nader type of candidate. Yeah. That's where, what they made it seem like. Yeah, yeah. Or like an alternate government party leader. Yes. And yeah. uh, he was supposed to have like this big event later that, this night. but Because uh, scientists don't do rallies and shit like this. <laughs> like this is not the work of a scientist. Like he's a, yeah. he's a figurehead of some kind. But my question is, if it's simply a matter of walking into the hotel, asking for a room, and then walking into the scientist's room and killing him, they could have literally sent fucking anyone for this. 
They could have sent a child that just doesn't care about taking life, and it probably would have been fine. But could they have gotten away to kill again a later day? It doesn't matter. It would have cost $5 as opposed to the however many billions it costs to replace a whole guy with metal and crazy pistons and shit. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's like, you know what we should use this for? The completely unnecessarily... That's like blowing up a bunny rabbit with a bazooka or something. But, <laughs> oh no, you, the, the benefit of Mr. Hands of Steel <laughs> is that uh, he uses a, a crossed arms double punch technique. <laughs> well, it's like a double karate chop. I don't know what the his, fuck to call his it. His fighting style in this is fucking insane. <laughs> well, it's robot fighting style. Yeah. It reminded me of the Chappelle show where, like... They're talking about Rick James, like, they hit me with some kind of cross kick. It was like, what's the cross punch? <laughs> That's exactly right. And then they beat the hell out of his legs. <laughs> so, um, he, he punches the fuck out of the scientist's spleen, mortally wounding him. <laughs> spleen punch! <laughs> and then he runs away and ducks through a, uh, through a manhole cover that apparently is some sort of a... Electrical conduit. Electrical situation. And like, there's no way you can get through that alive. So, my <laughs> first question is, they show us the electrical conduit. Why can't he get through that alive? It's because not there like are sparks. A... Oh no, not sparks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, why does him being a cyborg help? I feel like that would make it worse. Because he's got all kinds of shit that can be shorted out. Well, I'm assuming, like, the skin is, like, kind of like a... Like a rubber or something? Well, yeah, I mean, it's insulated, that's fine, but to me, it doesn't, like, being a robot, I feel like would not help him be immune to it. Maybe he can't be shorted out. I don't know. Well, I'm sure that's the case. It just seems stupid that a human can't go in and there. And then he gets into he uh, gets into his future car. Yeah. Which is just a regular car with some, <laughs> with some, some tubes. Oh, the, 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 the fucking HVAC system glued to the top of it. The, the future... I assume that was for, like environmental health like if you're driving outside you need to have some sort of souped up like aftermarket ventilation so that well, you I mean, don't die from fumes he has to drive through the acid rain too so mm -hmm. yeah there's an acid rain zone yeah and the, about the acid rain <laughs> well they don't show any of it it's just like right. they show some and there's show a the sign right acided yeah there a sign that says yeah like, caution acid rain we're, we're also... how can acid rain be confined to one spot that makes no <laughs> sense <laughs> Everything they try to put in this movie that's remotely scientific is just straight up ridiculous. That's why they call it science fiction, Philip. Yeah, no, that's not why they call it that. <laughs> they might as well just call it magic because it's as accurate as magic. We are forgetting about one of the most important parts about this movie, and that's just the bitchin' synth soundtrack. The entire oh, by, by Claudio Simonetti from Goblin. Yeah, like... Like it, 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 it came on, and Steve and I were just like, man, this soundtrack's bitching. And then, like, it kept going, and I'm just like, man, this is still going, it's still great. And, like, we're just like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. It's one of those great soundtracks that, because the movie's tone never really changes, they don't really have to change the music, so they just fucking pile through with the fucking synth. Hey, it's, I'm pretty it's, sure go ahead. that the conversation was like, this sounds like Goblin. And then we saw that it was Claudio Simonetti, yeah. and we're like, huh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it this basically is probably is like the same kind of, like, if you remember the soundtrack to Demons, it's very similar to that. 
It's like it 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 feels like you know video game music. And I like the soundtrack, of the demons too. Like so. uh, Doom, if you will. But Doom <laughs> obviously that. is well. Doom is like the grandfather or the grandchild of that other music. Like that yeah. without that music, Doom would never have came. But uh, but yeah. So he's got to switch out from futuristic car to classic car, um, and then that car runs out of gas or something happens to it. So he's like. You know what's probably the best thing for me to do this with this car? Cyborg it off a cliff. <laughs> Is there any call for he's him to, to do this? He's trying to cover no one will his, ever find cover it. His tracks. How does that cover his tracks? Yeah, everybody knows that whenever you set a car on fire, nobody's gonna find it. In the desert? They might how about not. just how about just leave it? How about not have a giant smokestack coming off the top of it for everyone to see for a million miles around? Cars burn forever and the smoke is straight black. Because it's just tires and plastic and shit. So basically, he's got to walk to this diner, which is just out on the fucking... I guess Route 66 is mentioned in this movie, I'm pretty sure. So, it doesn't really matter exactly where it is. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Well, just to give you an idea, it's just in the fucking desert. Yeah. Where it's nothing, in Arizona. <laughs> where it's so hot and so miserable that the only fun thing to do is drink and arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah. So... Which brings us to our main event of the movie, which is that he's going to now arm wrestle his way into the hearts and uh, kill the hearts and pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he he walks up to this diner. He walks in, kind of nondescript diner, aside from the the uh, HVAC piping fucking everywhere. Right. Well, it's the future, dude. Yeah, always the future. <laughs> and uh, he he meets the love interest Linda. And uh, she starts out and is just like, well, if you want to stay here, you got to do some work. And she's like, there's a giant wood pile out back. He's like, all right, I'll be right back. And then he just does it in like 20 minutes. Yeah, she alludes to the fact that it's going to take him at least a week to do it. And like, if he's lucky. And so while she's cleaning like five things, he comes back in and is like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> so if that wasn't a big enough clue that he's obviously some sort of like crazy monster... That it would be impossible. A week's worth of fucking wood chopping? A fucking week's worth. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, this is a red flag. She should look at him like he's an alien at this point. He's a muscle lad. <laughs> she shouldn't be surprised by any of this. <laughs> or by his ability to just break off a chunk of uh, marble. Uh, yeah, yeah, at yeah, will. He, he hasn't done that yet. Well, he's about well, to. Well, that's basically later that night. Yeah, yeah it's because, right uh, as soon as he gets... I'd say one of the main antagonists of the movie, Raul. <laughs> uh, it was a. Uh, he looks by, like he looks like welfare Tom Savini. He's a uh, George Eastman. He's uh, he's in a lot of Italian movies. I know at least one that you own, uh, Anthropophagus. Oh yeah. That's one of the ones that he wrote, and uh, <laughs> the movie ends with him eating his own intestines. <laughs> Spoiler alert, because that's also the cover. It's the only good thing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... But, yeah, he's... It's like, he is well-known in, like... For fans of Italian cinema. <laughs> he also directed 2020 Texas Gladiators, looks which looks really good. Oh, man, let's add that one to the list anyway. <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> But are they actual gladiators, or are they just fucking arm wrestling into a, in an arena? The cover looks amazing. It's just a dude with a fucking blunderbuss and a cowboy hat on versus fucking <laughs> mohawk rat tail gladiator dude with chain bullets and a spear gun. <laughs> Alright, we gotta see this cover now. <laughs> 
2020 Texas Gladiators. Holy fuck. It's precisely what you described, yeah. but in a very <laughs> in, an ex, in an extremely like dark tower kind of scenario it yeah, looks like. Yeah, there's like a big castle behind. <laughs> <laughs> but also good. a there's like a ranch also? Is there? Oh, there is, right there in the center between them. They're <laughs> like on the way to the castle. Uh, all right. I <laughs> yeah, was, you know, everybody knows. I was kind of kidding before. I'm not now. I'm adding what Jamal is. Or Año 2020, <laughs> E Gladiatori del Futuro. Everything is del Futuro. Oh, well, yeah, no, because of the future. People like future. The future? Yeah, well, I mean, but they don't have to specifically say of the future in every single movie title. This is Revenge <laughs> of the Future, and the other one is just Gladiators of the Future. I guess if I guess if science fiction is a relatively, but it really wouldn't have been in 1982. Science fiction had been around for a long time. It really hadn't been that popular in movies. That's true. At you make a not fair like point. A, I mean, since Star Wars, it, it right. you know it had it just begun to become extremely popular. Before that, it was all kind of considered like you know kids, kids right. stuff. Well, aside from like all the atomic shit and the alien stuff from, like, 50s and but 60s. But really, that, people didn't really take that shit seriously. Yeah, it was more like driving stuff. Yeah. Probably kind of how now, like, whenever I was a kid, my dad's boss would have not given a single solitary fuck about any Marvel characters at all, and now my boss is telling me spoilers. Like, my, my 60-year-old boss is like, hey, man, did you see the new... It's like, dude, seriously, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I know you've heard of spoilers before. You're not that old. All right, so yeah, Raul is, uh, of course, beating some asses of some of the local people that probably would never, like, oppose him anyway. Like, he's one of those guys that, like, they would yeah, never yeah. even, like, try to beat because he just killed them. <laughs> and this is not, this is not the, the champion uh, arm wrestler. He's the underling to the champion. Yeah, I he's mean, he's not even like an underling. I don't feel like it's it's hard saying. He really buddies up to him whenever he can, but yeah. as like, well, because he wants to be he wants to be the very best, like no <laughs> man ever was. <laughs> but I think he's just like a regional kind of winner. Like he's never really made it to the national. I guess still going on. Yeah, For all I, we know, know, this is the over-the-top universe. Like, this is the eventuality of it. Well, yeah, this is over-the-top Del Futuro. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, Raul, of course, like, is beating his guys and and being sort of rapey with the uh, owner of the bar. Sort of rapey? Right. Very. Yes. <laughs> so, he's just being a general bar ass. Right. Another thing that... Uh, uh, George Eastman is known for in his movies. Being rapey? Oh, yes. Well, Italians are known for being rapey, just Whoa. in general. You mean in their movies? There's in their a, movies. a post-apocalyptic... There's a, there's, a Mad, there's a Mad Max movie where he rapes the hero of the movie. Where Raul does? Yes, the guy who plays him, George Eastman. <laughs> I, well, I didn't mean literally Raul. <laughs> Raul? That is crazy. <laughs> I know. Imagine my shock you mean, when you our... mean a Mad Max style movie. Yes, it's a Mad Max. It's a Mad Max ripoff. Okay. And well, you said it was a Mad, Mad Max, Max movie. I'm was just like, wait. raped in a movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> was it directed by uh, Quentin Tarantino or what? Oh, by the way, before we go any further, the the cy- the cyborg's oh, name sure in this, uh, he's played by Daniel Green, who basically looks like Yeah, he looks like a Dollar General Hasselhoff, Dollar General David Hasselhoff. Yeah. I knew that's yeah. what you were getting uh, at. He's white as fuck, and his name is Paco. Uh, Paco Kerouac. Yeah, he's... 
a lot okay. of the names in this are like not belonging to the people that are having them. Like this guy, white as fuck, named Paco. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know they don't care. I'm just saying, like, the names are just straight grab no, bags. But for real though, like being an Italian movie, you kind of you kind of understand it because it's like that fucking image that's going around social media of like the Japanese baseball game that like tried to make up all American names. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like roster, and it's like Ted Billington. <laughs> It's like, yeah, that guy's Japanese for sure. Like, this guy is very clearly is a white guy, like you said. But, like, they tried him. I don't know if he was actually tan or if it's a spray-on or what it was. But he just... Oh, he lives he in the acid tan. desert. He's just, I think this would have been before a spray-on tan. Yeah, so he he's just <laughs> tan and oily. 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 Just well, they're, they're Everyone's so sweaty. Well, because it's hot and also because they're all five seconds away from an arm wrestling match at any time. So they have to be oily and sweaty to get ready. Yeah, so yeah. he... Uh, well, and the oil gives them an advantage in the arm Right. Wrestling. He accepts uh, <laughs> Raul's challenge by writing Euron on a piece of the counter, which well, he then rips off and throws at him. The challenge, which came in the form of a, a, a scroll of toilet paper that he filled out detailing about how much of a pussy he was, and threw it at him. And so his response was, a huge chunk of marble. <laughs> which would have definitely... Meanwhile, like... The owner just, first of all, doesn't even give a shit about her counter and was eventually just like, oh, well, if you win this, you gotta pay for my counter. But, like, you're not worried at all how this guy is just strong enough to rip off a chunk of marble no, from your fucking counter? he just counter. does it with his hand, too. Like, yeah. he didn't, like... He, didn't, he like, broke it off like arm. he was trying to get a piece of a cracker. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> it's with peanut brittle. <laughs> yeah. I've seen peanut brittle that put up more resistance than what this marble does to this guy. Like, like third... How does how does this group of guys at the table that just watches this dude rip off a hunk of marble and throw it at them? Like, yeah, sure, let's arm wrestle. Well, Steven, it's because <laughs> they know themselves, and whenever it starts to go down on the street, they don't back down until it's over. Yeah. Word. You know at least three or four of those guys were like, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they weren't fucking arm wrestling him. It was Brad Wool who was like, I got this. I think there was Put a million dollars down on me. There was at least one guy in this group that's like, I'll take the other guy. Yeah. Oh, there were two. There were two guys that totally turned coat. They were like, hey, sorry, Raul, but, but we gotta this dude's get clearly a cyborg. <laughs> the pre-arm wrestling quip was so hilarious. It took, like, took me and Steven both off guard because, like, like they're, they're squaring up. They're getting ready to do this. And, like, Raul says something stupid like, uh... After I'm done with you, you're going to have to wipe your nose or your ass with your nose or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, most of the time, like, the protagonist in the movie, whether they're, like, a good guy or not, will just say something like, oh, we'll see how this goes or some sort of thing like that. And so he just goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, and Paco's even more of a dick because he clearly can, he knows he can win immediately, but every time he arm wrestles in this movie, he lets the other guy almost beat him and then he just crushes yeah, their fucking comes soul. all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> and over the top. Yeah. Well, technically he didn't go over the top because going over the top means you kind of like uh, twist yeah, you your wrist. Tweet. You have to cheat to go over the top. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know how many rules there are in truck stop it slash do, gas station. It just station. seems cheaty. Oh, it's totally cheaty. It's, uh, it's illegal for them to brace themselves in any way, they said. They made that clear. Don't but, worry, this isn't the most ridiculous scene in the movie because it becomes infinitely more uh, ridiculous arm wrestling-wise just a little bit later. Oh, okay, so basically this wins him a match with uh, Blanco. 
who is the champion. He's a huge blue guy that's like kind of electricity powered. Wait, no, no, no. that's Blanca. No, Blanca. <laughs> it's green. It's green unless you have the alternate color, and then he's. Blue. I always pick the alternate color. Oh, okay. <laughs> green is not as I'm good. A, I'm a green and red guy. Fair point. <laughs> so um, yeah, but in the meantime, he's gonna continue like working his you know cyborg wiles on the owner of this diner slash hotel and uh as soon as like what is the next day happens and then there's like a fake emergency and he has to drive a truck out yeah he he has to go supposedly help someone that's driven off a cliff and uh, when he gets there and he's in the process of doing this uh roll basically gets to jump on him and ties him up uh on the back of a uh it was totally fabricated by Raul oh, yeah. to set him up. Yeah, it, it was. Like him, him and this, him and this fake fam. There was even a tape recorder of a fake of a baby crying in the backseat of the car. Yeah, yeah. that was a little excessive, <laughs> but also theatrical. So you got to give Raul a little bit of credit. He can't arm wrestle, but he can sure <laughs> set someone up pretty well. <laughs> so they managed to get the drop on him, and also they managed to get the drag on him and drag him through the fucking desert on his fucking arms, like. After this happens and he's not dead, they should be seriously fucking terrified. So concerned. So concerned. Also, like, for special effects-wise, even if there's, like... Usually when they do scenes like this in a movie, they have, like, a, like a board underneath them that's kind of covered up that, like, allows them to scoot across the ground by that. Yeah. But, like, even with that, this scene had to hurt like hell for that stunt double. Oh, yeah. Like, fucking dust and rocks and sand fucking just blasting him in the face. Well, I'm sure there's a way to do it that it's not, like, very damaging, but it's gonna be a rough ride no matter what. Like, he's coming home with full armloads of bruises and just an, a beaten ass. And also, no question, just so much dust in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Just the dustiest uh, After eyes. the drag, they uh, hang him upside down by the winch of the tow truck. And beat and, him with uh, a beat pipe. Beat him with a pipe <laughs> along the midsection. And the whole time they're like, I'd like to see you fight Blanco now. And it's like... And he's not even reacting. He's just, like, staring. Yeah, like, this, <laughs> like, this is after he's whipped the shit out of them, like, the night before. Oh, yeah, but, we forgot yeah. to talk about the fight. Oh, uh, yeah, there was the a whole bar fight. Oh, the bar fight's so funny, because, like, his fighting style was just... His limbs are just as stiff as possible. And then he'd just, like, punch someone across the room. Well, it's... If someone was doing the robot as a fighting style. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, uh, there's also kind of uh, around the scene, like before, during, kind of after. There's hey guys, was he doing Saekwondo? Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> damn it! That's good. That is good. Uh, we we you also cannot argue with that one. But we also have the uh, the evil foundation that's trying to get him because he's a uh, one of their cyborgs. That yeah, he was sent by them to assassinate this guy. He failed because he's he only has a ruptured spleen and he's in a hospital. So the cyborg like, has feelings. Before the FBI can get a hold of him, it's like they need to get rid of him. Yeah. Why? Why do you cry? Yeah. He punches the guy and just ask him why does he cry? <laughs> because you ruptured my spleen. This also this also might be one of my my favorite scenes in the movie. When we're at like the FBI headquarters and they. They have like this like really shitty computer scan oh, of yeah. like the weapon they're oh, trying I to figure love out. It. It's very like it's very clearly a hand. And like they're listing all these things. A hand of steel. Yeah. No, so I have the list in front of me. It's 
These are the possible weapons it could be. Ashtray, paperweight, sculpture, iron, crowbar, club, gun butt, or hand. And of course... Yeah, it sure does look like an ashtray. <laughs> and they, of course, they come back on hand. As soon as they say hand, he's like, huh, hand. It does kind of look it, like a hand. This it, robot machine thing is pretty smart. It's really funny, <laughs> like, that part just makes me think of, like, children's cartoons like Blue Cru- Blue's Clues and Dora the Explorer, where it's like, what object is this? And the kids are supposed to say what it is. It's like, I, I couldn't hear you. What was it? I'm just like, it's a fucking hand! It's clearly a hand! It's the same thing from Scrooge. It's a bone, you lucky dog! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, to those uh, nerds out there, it's the after the commercial break of a Pokemon episode, name that oh, Pokemon. Yeah. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> Which are way more complex shapes than a fucking obvious outline of an arm and a hand. <laughs> so anyways, um, because they've decided that it's a hand, they're like, well, it must be a cyborg. God forbid that they could actually, I don't know, just wear a metal gauntlet or something that already fucking exists. No. Unquestionably, this is a cyborg. They come to the conclusion instantly. It's like, well, it wasn't it's a hand. the future, man. Get with the program. The future of what? The future of now. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes no sense that they would jump automatically to that conclusion and think that there's no other possible alternative. It's a hand, sir, but not as we know it. It's a robot <laughs> hand. Or it's just a big old piece of metal in the shape of a hand and you got slammed into somebody's but, spleen, which you totally could put that many pounds of pressure. Like... If it was an inhuman amount of pressure put on his spleen, the spleen would have just exploded in there. It, I'm sure so. Just don't worry about it. I, well, fuck these scientists, though. For real. <laughs> so, we, we get back to the bar scene where uh, Paco is coming to the actual bar. Because Blanco, of course, doesn't know about any of this. He's not privy to it. And he's just like, oh, he hasn't shown up yet. So he comes in, and, and like they immediately square up. They're getting ready to do their arm wrestling thing. But, but there's a new set of rules here. Which is on on each side is basically a uh, restraint. So as soon as you lose, it's a it's a futuristic slap bracelet. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you lose, you're just locked to the table, and a cage opens up. The rattlesnake comes out. Because everybody knows that whenever you let a rattlesnake loose in a bar full of people, that the snake will know what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to bite the loser. It wouldn't just slither off and bite any other random person. I mean, we're, we're assuming that these rattlesnakes are already really aggravated from putting them in there. So I would say it's probably safe to bet that as soon as the cage opens, it's going to bite the first thing it sees. Yeah, but I feel like it's just as likely to bite the winner. Is what oh, I'm 100%. Saying. Yeah. It's, it's a, such a stupid fucking idea. It's like, well, how about this? What if it bites the loser and then just slithers away because you're all just watching a fucking cobra wriggle around? Or whatever also, it is, rattlesnake. insanely excessive. Like, rattlesnake bites, like, they affect everyone differently. It, it's it's kind of like a bee sting or, like, whatever, but just way worse. But, like, just because you can take somebody to the hospital with a rattlesnake bite doesn't mean that it's not going to kill them within ten minutes. No, it, this guy is going <laughs> to die because there's nothing within a thousand miles of this fucking place. <laughs> except <laughs> ever gets, rain zones. Yeah. Well, he would die. Except for <laughs> Paco... Does the Saekwondo karate chop and straight chops the fucking snake's head off. One ups Jean Claude Van Damme. We just punched a snake in the face. Yeah, all he did was knock it out. Uh, no. It does. Jean Claude Van Damme's is better because he knocks the and snake then makes out it into a weapon. and then bites off its rattle and then throws it into the tree as a trap. I don't know if that's better. That's way better. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, whatever the case, it's totally ridiculous because the he- the snake's head is chopped off cleanly, even though he chopped right onto the guy's arm. So the guy's arm would have gotten chopped. Like that's all there is to it. Maybe if his no man, he's he's very precise. He's well, extremely precise. I would have spot it if he just made like a Spock fingers with his hand and then just went pa and like chopped it off. Then that would have been great. Like made his hand into a crazy cyborg scissors. Come on. I was telling Phil earlier. I'm like, I'm like 85 percent sure that they murdered a rattlesnake during this. Oh, part. it looks like it. I'm pretty sure that was a real snake they killed. I don't know. You couldn't have gotten that. To happen. It's like there was a guy's hand underneath it and it pops off and it's like perfect. It's a perfect I just cut. think I just think they were fake hands. I think one was a fake hand underneath Steven, it. Steven. And then there was It was what? not a real rattlesnake. I don't know, man. No fucking it's way. Too clean. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so he's obviously shown mercy for um his 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 rival Blanco. His quote-unquote rival. He doesn't even want to be doing these arm wrestling. They just keep making him do it. And he's like, well, I'm not going to say no because then you'll just throw toilet paper at me. Plus he makes too much money off of it, probably. Yeah, he is making (laughs) crazy, crazy dollars. Which he never gets to collect. So, um... All this time, the FBI and some sort of clandestine... or I have to only assume it's some sort of a CIA situation or the shop... They're, or whatever you want to call they're them. They're like a, uh, they're one of the industries that, uh, is threatened by the political, I uh, what, what I thought was a political candidate. <laughs> yeah, their main, their main, um, export is acid rain, so they want to <laughs> make sure that that just keeps on coming. So, and that's led by John Saxon, who, uh, was supposed to be flying around in a helicopter, which, uh, he refused to do because he was part of the actors' union. And uh, the guy who did not refuse to uh, got killed. <laughs> yeah, the helicopter it, pilot was uh, had too many some kind of pain or some kind of medication. I think it was like diet pills or something. Diet pills and, uh, mixed with alcohol or something. He uh, was. They were doing this. There's a ache cut of the stunt in the movie where uh, it. They must have done it twice because. Because it goes fine the first time. You see, uh, you see the helicopter go underneath the bridge. Yeah, which is, uh, it's pretty much, uh, at the the last, you know, the last big showdown. Right. It's like they've uh, fought some cyborgs inside the house, which one of them is straight up uh, Pris from Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a perfect cyborg. Dude, I'm here to kill outfits, the traitor. <laughs> their outfits are so absurd. The guy is just wearing like. A blue catcher's chest plate. I think that's like, like from uh, baseball. I think that's like biker, like shit, yeah. protective shit. Yeah, Kevlar. No, it's a fucking, it's a fucking like dirt bike. Minor shit. league baseball catcher's chest. Plate. Well, whatever it is, it's not anything close to as ridiculous as the see-through clear shorts. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a. I was wondering, was that the Saran wrap? Yeah, she has a uh, clear classic skirt. So riddle me this: what the fuck is the point of it? To keep the acid rain off your upper leg? Like, I'm assuming from <laughs> keeping your butt off of your seats. Because the the underwear was not going to cut it. <laughs> She's a fucking cyborg. What does she give a shit? I'm just saying that the, the concept behind... It's like, if I'm the fashion designer... Oh, this is to keep your butt off of Hey, Philip. If this, if this movie's taught us one thing, is that cyborgs have feelings, too. <laughs> I don't know what that means or how that applies, but... <laughs> so, they whip the fuck out of... 
basically fucking everybody. Raul is like being an informant for these skeevy. And then they send him ahead to block the road. Right, and he's like, "I'll do it because I hate him, because I'm anti anti people you can't kill with beating the fuck out of them with a pipe and dragging them through the desert <laughs> on their elbows." Like, hasn't he done enough to Paco? What is his beef? Just an asshole. <laughs> I just feel like, at some point, you gotta be like, well, this guy is basically invulnerable. I keep fucking with him. One of these times, he's gonna cry and chop my fucking head off, like he did that snake. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Raul gets what's coming to him very shortly. Oh, I know. Yeah. He, he's the first of two head crushings in this movie. <laughs> Okay, so, Only two? Uh, I thought there was more than that. After the two cyborgs fail, like, in the motel, they take off and, uh, they go to, uh, they're, they're, uh, trying to, to run away from the, the place. Right, this is also where you get the, uh, first viewing of the shotgun with the missile. Yes, the uh, screw-on missiles. <laughs> oh, yeah, that part, that bothered me so much. When, as soon as he screwed that missile on, I was like, give me a fucking break! <laughs> I just want to fight the fucking what? Why can't designer. you just accept it and love it, Philip? Because he's holding a goddamn <laughs> shotgun with a missile sticking out of it. <laughs> That's stupid as fuck. It's amazing. What's even the point of the shotgun? Just throw the missile like a dart at that point. <laughs> it would definitely be more effective because if you shot it with a shotgun, it would just blow your ass up. Assuming that anything would blow up because in this movie, it doesn't matter how many... And also in the next movie... Explosions can happen literally on top of you, and as long as you're the main character, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, this is where we lose uh, number three henchman, or, or I guess number two henchman. And then uh, number one henchman, uh, he gets killed by John Saxon because he's a failure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is also where Raul fails. Uh, he's smashing him to with To not the, get his face crushed. <laughs> he's smashing him with his, uh, with his semi- but they're, you know, he's able to just pop out. But, you know, he's a cyborg. Yeah. Which you've observed a hundred times, Raul. He this is all your fault. He out of the car and he smashes his head. Right. Yeah. 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 Just through the windshield. It's like, have you seen Terminator? Well, the same goes for you. Yeah, but in in the mess of, of all this, uh, it looks like Linda gets killed, but she's... She's well, actually saved by Blanco. Blanco stops and he's like, hey, come on, we'll get you and out of here. And there's this really cheesy, like, thumbs up smile, like, with a close up shot to him. It lasts forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm your friend. Yes, we are friends now. We are friends. Friends. What do you say, so, champs? What do you say, champ? Because, he calls him champ like 46 <laughs> times. Blanco? Blanco he's, is a. Honorable man, he's he was a fighting champion and he lost fair and square. He abides by the contest. He does yeah. <laughs> completely. He's like this guy is now my god because he beat me. And over. he totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he also saved him from the rattlesnake. He saved the fuck out of his life. <laughs> yeah, he was about to get straight snaked. So he did. He did owe him a favor there. So, but he he definitely put his life on the line, and of course, you know, got, got killed. killed. Oh yeah, and he lost. Yeah, his he life. did. But because because Paco thinks Linda's dead. He proceeds to just go back shit. Fucking yeah. yeah, he just loses it. He he runs off to some like while he's being chased by the foundation. He runs off to uh, some like abandoned village that also is connected to like. I don't know what this structure yeah, is. I, I don't know either. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. it's something. Doesn't matter. It's some place that they decided this will be fine for the rest of the shoots. The uh, the movie temporarily turns into a moot horror show as 
as they file in, just getting destroyed. Well, I mean, they are straight up shooting him multiple times, and well, also he just gets back up. <laughs> at this point is when the foley work really shines because it's a lot of dark, like, like hallways and stuff. But every time somebody comes up against him, they get literally crunched, like. A frozen bag of chips being stepped on. Oh, my favorite was uh, when he makes like a, it's kind of like a tiger paw. Yeah, tiger style through the fucking visor of the helmet. It's like, not a big visor, it's just regular size and he just barely makes a fist and he like, yeah, but that's, otherwise he wouldn't be able to get it through. (laughs) Yeah. It's, if you, if you can recall, it's that little fist that, uh, um, Uma Thurman uses to escape the coffin in Kill Bill 2. So that, and it was just that exact motion right through his fucking face. Yeah. And it makes a sound to let you know that his brains are now goo. Like, just, like, all the way through. Yeah, and you see his fucked up eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, well, uh, and that's why when Cheat said it was the one of two head crunchings, I'm pretty sure this hallway, this this area here, is the site of many crushed heads. That's fair. I sh- what I specifically meant was him actually putting his hand oh, on someone's okay. head and squeezing it because there's a yeah. guy in a helmet he just crunches. The vice grip where yeah. he is <laughs> I, I really like that. The, yeah. Just the whole helmet just like crump, it just crumples it. Yep. <laughs> Crumple steel skin. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got John Saxon with the giant laser. Yeah. Well, first yeah. The, some, some minions go out with it and they're instantly killed. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, you're the only one left. Go for the laser. <laughs> like i don't want to laser you we just want to take you back and fix you yeah like he, he's trying he's <laughs> trying to make it sound like he actually gives a shit about paco before paco just fucking kills him yeah and so he linda shows up oh, with all the cops you you're really skipping over a really important detail it's like you thought you could control a man by <laughs> by controlling, uh, by his, controlling his brain but you can't control a man unless you control his heart and then, and then he totally his his motherfucker. <laughs> that's right <laughs> yes. yeah and he he pulls his heart out, and then he just like <laughs> throws it at his body. Yeah, so good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, what I else is he gonna do with? Which it? is also it's also something that happens in the next movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about that line. I was just thinking, you know, he's dead. But uh, and the laser he's trying to use against him is well, so ineffectual. It's so big. It's so yeah. and it's terrible. It's massive. It's like a it's like a bazooka and i'm sitting there thinking he's gonna try to fire this at him and it's gonna be like an emp cannon and it's gonna like shut him down because otherwise it's as ineffective as any of the guns they have it's he does get hit with it yeah and it doesn't do anything it doesn't do anything it's fucking pointless yeah and I'm heavy assuming, probably i'm assuming he had to be hit in the head with it with the laser or else it would die i guess that's it. the only way to kill him yeah the main reason i wasn't thinking about the heart is because i was just thinking about how crazy the ending sequence is oh where yeah. like linda shows up with the cops and they're and they're trying to get him to stand down she goes in and she's like you know paco it's me he's like linda no. is dead yeah don't get near me and then, like she gets close to him and then like it, it at some point during this he was actually shot in the head and you can see that there's just circuitry and wiring and everything. Oh, like yeah, that. that's the big reveal. It's yeah. like, hey, you know that story I told you about being a guy who was converted to a cyborg? That may not be true because I don't have a brain. Yeah, and he's just like, <laughs> maybe Paco was never real. And then the movie just ends. Oh, no, no it, doesn't, it doesn't just end. Yeah. It freezes and it just says in, in white plain text across the screen, it was a day in our near future. The era of the cyborg had begun. And then it ends. I, I literally have a screenshot of just that. <laughs> Which is fully worth it. 
One other thing I want to point out. It's such oddly, it's so oddly phrased. It's past. Well, it's, it's clearly <laughs> yeah. been translated well, like I mean, multiple times. They're talking about something in the future and past tense. <laughs> and then it just abruptly ends. Like, there's just. It's like, oh yeah, that's it. It's like, hey, it's robot time. So, have a good, and good luck with that. One <laughs> other really fun and awesome thing about this movie is that, and we passed him by because he's a pretty minor part of the plot, but the scientist guy is a pretty big deal in this universe. To the point where all over every building you see in this initial couple first scenes, there's posters that just say, you have no future, and has a picture of the dude's face. <laughs> you, like, what do you mean? You, that's it? Okay, he's talking about from pollution. I know what he's talking yeah, about, but, but there's no message you, of hope. There's no, first, like, follow me, I'll lead us to salvation. It's just, you have no future. When when you first see it, you think, oh, well, this guy is the dicti- dictator of this world. Yeah. Instead of, like, the, he's not, you don't think of him as the environmental uh, candidate. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, okay, on our current path, we have no future. <laughs> it doesn't say that though yes it just says you have no future there aren't even any like small text after you get intrigued by how funny the sign is it's like he just doesn't want you to think that you have a future like that's all there is to it by the way uh i sent you guys an alternative uh vhs cover of this movie fuck wow, yeah that's great <laughs> he's just got a rattlesnake like tied around his hand basically that looks very much more like over the top <laughs> well, yeah, the background is a Mack truck filled with fucking logs, logs. straight up in the... A, 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 Those must be from the acid rain zone. Yeah. Because there aren't any logs in Arizona. Yeah, there's no... And also just... Hey. Well, clearly you know, they were fans of Hands of Steel. Over the Top actually came out after this. Man, this, this fucking deep VHS cover is out of control, <laughs> badass. <laughs> I especially like the explosion ramping truck in the like on the backside of it. I, I'm gonna be honest. It's going over the yeah. It's, the back it's of it. flipping. Yeah. Like both this cover and the normal cover for this is like on the Blu-ray. Like if you remove the text off of them, I would probably have those poster and those posters in my room. Like they're they're ridiculous. The poster on the IMDb is a little bit more spoilery and a little less badass, but only slightly. Like. Shit you not, you removed, like, the cybernetic part right there, and that's just, that looks like something on Fist of the North Star. <laughs> like, the pose and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was an inordinate amount of helicoptering in this movie. Yeah. That was the part that got me just exhausted. Because <laughs> the last, seriously, 25 fucking minutes are just a helicopter shooting down at them, them shooting up at the helicopter... And just let's keep doing this all day. And if you're smart, you just don't get in a helicopter. Yeah. And then you live. You save your own life. I thought you were going to say it was like in, uh, like, uh, Vigo saved himself in no. Lord of the Rings. I mean, he just literally, like, refused to go up in a helicopter. Yeah. And then, uh, the, the guy who didn't got killed. You guys knew about that, right? They never even recovered the pilot. <laughs> well, yeah. Everyone died. I'm assuming helicopter crashes are not known for their survival rate. No, they were saying he's saying they didn't recover the body. Yeah, they didn't what? recover his body. Yeah, fuck. Because he, under, he could still be out there. <laughs> they uh, well, they he's just living somewhere living in, in Arizona, arm wrestling. They clipped they clipped one of the the rudders on a one of the blades on on, on the, the bridge. bridge. Yes, which and they dropped into the canyon, and they I guess they it. never found the pilot's body. That's crazy. <laughs> well. 
don't be a helicopter pilot and, and don't be on pills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... I feel like they would have made that up after the fact. How would they know he's on pills and alcohol if they well, never they found his found body? Them, they found them in the apartment. Yeah, him. his hotel what, room. What, the pills and alcohol? Yeah. So? That doesn't mean he took them that day. He was going to yeah, fly a helicopter. It, it wasn't an apartment. It was his hotel room, like next to his bed. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> we take like 80 medicines when we go on vacation. It's not like we're taking them the entire time. Or even maybe even at all. Maybe you just thought... I might want some booze. I might want some Adderall. Or whatever it was. <laughs> okay, so anyways, moving on to one year later, the more enjoyable for me. I really loved Dead or Hands of Steel, but I watched Deadly Prey first, and they're so fucking similar in the fact that it's just like, don't think about it. They're just fighting and punching and shooting and karate chopping. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna say something controversial about these two movies. You can agree or disagree with me. So like Hands of Steel, the movie starts, and you have a, like, it's crazy, but for the most part, it stays on the rails that you make as an expectation. Like, it might curve every once in a while, or it might go slightly, but then it goes back onto the rails. Deadly Prey, it starts on the rails, and immediately it just turns left, and just says, fuck it, we're just doing what we can here. Yeah, I mean, it just... It's insane! I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, as far as like the dialogue said, goes I, of Deadly Prey, it seems like they're making it up as they go. They very might. clearly... They might. <laughs> very clearly, the director just said, Man, my brother's fucking jacked. I want to make a movie about that. Yeah. Well, he's a pretty well-known, low-budget director. Uh, David A. Pryor. Yeah. He's got a lot of stuff on uh, Amazon Prime right now. <laughs> that still changes nothing about what I just said. I don't well, think he just... this is that crazy. This is fairly, this is fairly standard for it's the. It's pretty uh, linear, honestly. For the uh, I need a person in the woods story. I mean, I... it's off the it's off the chain, cheats. Like it's crazy excessive, but, but, but it's a really linear story. Just let me say His this: body count is very high. Yeah, <laughs> super. It's like two hundred and fifty people. And it, it honestly doesn't matter if he has a weapon or not. He would continuously no. kill everyone regardless of what he even has on him. He's very ridiculous. He is a deadly prey. He is the titular deadly prey. But um, what I want to say about the plot is that it almost doesn't have one. And the plot of it reminds me so much of something that I would have like pretended whenever I was little in the woods with like my friends. Like... Because it's exactly that well thought out. It's just, well, we're in the woods. Ah, guns! Run! Let's hide behind some trees! Ah! Ah! <laughs> it's just, that's all this is? It's, I mean, yeah, it's straightforward, and it's also, like, written by no one. It, it seems to just, I swear, they're making up what's gonna... The only thing to me that shows that they're not just making every single bit of this up on the fly is that there's special effects. That they would have had to have prepared in advance. Yeah. But besides that, it's just like, they're just doing whatever they feel like. Like the fucking backbreaker, the, like the first most hilarious kill in the fucking movie. Oh, dude, it's so good. I The whole reason that I think it's so crazy is because, like, for example, so he gets snatched up, he gets dropped in the woods. And it's not even so much like his survival instincts kick in. It's like, he immediately goes mad. He is just, he loses it. Fucking instantly. Well, they just happened to grab the wrong guy. Yeah. Because this guy had trained with the guy who's training all these mercenaries. Yeah. Like, 
I, I don't know. Like, let me put it like this. It's like, if you dropped Rambo in the woods, he would just be like, well, shit, I got to survive again. I know what I'm doing here. But this guy is like, <laughs> just immediate, just crazy as soon as he's left his own device. And you know that he has gone crazy because he's able to pretty easily fight his way through most of the first men who would approach him. And then they just leave him out in the woods overnight where he could easily have just left. <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't even, he's not even interested in no, that. Speaking of the overnight, uh, <laughs> uh, Ted Pryor actually ate worms in this movie. Yeah. And the rats <laughs> that they got from the pet store. You can see him, like, <laughs> winding up to eating the, ma- the, the... Well, actually, did they eat, did he say they ate the rats? Steven, <laughs> Steven specifically told me earlier they did, so if he, he didn't, then he's a fucking liar. Yeah, they, they ate the rats, they got them at the pet store, but the only scene that he eats the rats in, he's sitting next to the fire where it's really dark, and he's, like, eating it. Like, no reason to have to eat rat yeah. meat. Like, they could have made him eat chicken or whatever the fuck he wanted to. If you would have had chicken on that. If, okay, we see him smash a fake rat with right. a stone. Cut to him eating a piece of chicken. We don't know any fucking better. In the dark, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, they made him eat rat. He had to eat fucking rat and worms in this movie. For authenticity's sake. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of respectable. This is going to be Demolition Man, where everyone just commonly eats rats. The, the other parts of what I'm saying is crazy. is like the whole thing with his wife. It's like, this is going to go some way or another. And then, like, no, it just completely defies expectations. And then the, the ending, like, there's so many parts where, like, if this were any other movie, they would make, like, the normal decision you'd expect. And instead, they're just like, nah, fuck it. Let's just do something. Like, yeah, it's pretty insane. Okay, so this fucking crazy mercenary trainer guy who has been kicked out of the army for being too dangerous, and he's still, for some reason, allowed to operate this, like, mercenary training facility well, in, like, Los Angeles. The mercenaries aren't with the army. You don't I have know. to be. <laughs> I know that, but, I mean, he would have to have some sort of a license to do this. No. It's the 80s. He, you know how he's, making, he's making these... He's training soldiers... For illegal shit. Right. You don't need a license to do illegal shit. Well... Militia. <laughs> it's like militia training, man. It's not like that shit's, like, legal. <laughs> Which it was all I was saying. I know that you can do illegal shit in despite the fact that it's illegal. I'm <laughs> saying that he wouldn't be allowed to do this, so he would have to do it clandestinely. And to make matters worse, he just is kidnapping people off the street to hunt. Yeah. Like this oh, is that's how you train. This has been going on for a while. We, we see the first the movie starts off with them uh, doing a hunt with uh, I guess it's just some normal chubby guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just some undeadly prey that they are. Yeah, already... some normal <laughs> yeah. prey, <laughs> regular prey. It's like he... which was the movie that was that guy's hero story, except for he just ends up getting killed. <laughs> so um, and they they catch him out when he's uh. He's taking out the trash, and and, and uh, they just run up on him and hit yeah. him once, and then put him in the van. No way! Like he puts up so much more of a fight at every other point in this movie. The only thing I can figure is that he was basically just still asleep, like and just wasn't ready at all. I mean, he was wearing a ridiculous sweater. Uh, I don't know. He's not a very aware guy. No. Like there are many times in this movie where the bad guys are like. Totally could have killed him. And they're like, instead of immediately shooting him on sight, they're like, hey, freeze, motherfucker. This is why I feel like this movie was written by a child, because he just acts like a fucking little kid the whole movie. He's just like, 
what would be the fun, cool way to fight and kill this guy right now? Not take out the first guy and take his gun and then just kill everyone else from then on with guns. That would just be silly, right? No, you have to <laughs> crush their heads or impale them on crazy spikes that you took 80 minutes carving out. It's ridiculous. Well, it'd be a shame for those spikes to go to waste when you, <laughs> when you spend all the time into... Uh, yeah, just don't them. spend the time. You have a machine gun. Just shoot them. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah. Now he has a machine gun. If I'm being honest, like, the whole bit about him actually eating rat and all of it makes me a little worried that, like, these people are actually dead. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't make me... It wouldn't surprise me as much as it should. (laughs) Yeah, right? The effects aren't that good. No, the effects are terrible. They're they're not, but you see what I mean. They're good for... They're good for what they are. For I mean, for the level that, that you're... The level of movie that this is, this is something that would have been... Straight to VHS. Yes. And that's where this has lived up until the point where the internet <laughs> became well, a thing. Yeah, exactly. Where Amazon's like, I'll take these 900 movies for 75 cents. Yeah, I wish I owned the copy of this movie. I'm sure you can. <laughs> for the low, low price of buying it on VHS on eBay. So, um, he's captured. He kills a few people in a really ridiculous way. Overnight happens. He's like, he won't leave. I know him. I trained him. In the meantime, oh, and also he recognizes the punch wounds as coming from this guy. This this is Dayton's style. This, I, I recognize this style. It's my style. It's my <laughs> style. And the only other person I've ever trained. It's like anybody you trained would have your style, you fucking moron. Like, why would you? Like, uh, these guys are all newbies. And <laughs> he's only trained one guy besides all these idiots he's trying to train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things is, is when he runs into the guy that. Because he initially start, he attacks this one guy, and they recognize each other, and then that's when they team up. But it's like the line, the line he says, I don't, I don't remember exactly what it is right, right this moment, but it's something like, I, I haven't seen you since the day you saved my life by taking that bullet for me. And it's, just, it's like, it's like one of those statements of like, as you know, but they have <laughs> yeah, to say it for the audience. It's a hundred percent just a shoehorn plot device for later on, or to give them like a reason a for story. this guy to owe, owe him something. Yeah, it could have been written more elegantly, but honestly, by far the better dialogue of the movie. Most of the rest of it is just like, stay here. In the meantime, the uh, the wife goes to her dad, pulls him into the movie. Yeah, because she witnessed the kidnapping, and all she did was just scream for presumably who knows how long, and then calmly call her dad on the phone and be like, hey, uh, my husband got kidnapped, so... I don't know. Whatever you think I should do. I well, guess. he does a little bit of investigating, and uh, <laughs> he just basically ends up getting killed at the hour mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, not before he overhears some sinister like plotting, and then just takes it upon himself to straight up murder that guy. Yeah, well, like he's like twenty seven years in the grime and the slime and the dirt, and uh, <laughs> and then he just straight up murders this dude. Like, well, I guess yeah. that really hardened you as a cop. Yeah, not only that, yeah, it hardened you as a straight-up criminal, which is what you are now. <laughs> but for all he knows, this dude's like an undercover cop or something. Right. He could be anyone. He just straight-up murders this guy. He's like, I'm tired of following the rules. I'm retired now. That means I can just kill anyone I want. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, almost two days from retirement. So he get, kills that guy, but that doesn't matter because none of these fucking people matter. All that matters is there's... The guy who trains the bad guys, 
the guy who he trained 20 years ago and is now, or however many years before, and is now like and, an ultimate And number one henchman. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 number one henchman. Excuse me, well, there's the lady henchman. henchman too. Yeah, lady oh, well, henchman. She uh, she's waiting for. Okay, so basically, uh, by the time the dad is dead, the uh, his daughter is kidnapped, and she is waiting for him when uh, he gets home and finds out oh his wife's gone. <laughs> it's like well you know what I'm just going to murder this lady <laughs> in yeah. my house. <laughs> and you know what's what's really funny is that it's obvious that what's the fucking guy the lieutenant or whatever the commander Hogan? Colonel Hogan. Hogan yeah. Yes. Hogan. <laughs> Colonel Hogan obviously knew that Danton was just going to straight up murder her yeah. because he's like come here and I'll trade your life for hers and it's like no we have him at gunpoint just shoot him in his face. <laughs> There's no I mean do whatever you're going to do with the girl you kidnapped earlier. You're obviously a crazy bad guy, but you have him at gunpoint. But he obviously just assumed that he was that Mike Danton was just going to whoop the fuck out of her with a phone or whatever. He, which I'm pretty sure is what happens when you beat her ass with a fucking phone. I'm pretty sure he kills her with the phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he, de- he definitely knocks her the fuck out, if not Dead. Well, people, when people get knocked out in this movie, they die. Right. If you get knocked out by Mike Dayton, you stay knocked out. Oh, he <laughs> shoots her eight times in the head. Uh, just, someone's on the phone for you. It's death! <laughs> so, um, he gears up, which means knives, machetes, machine guns, plastic explosives, detonators. Rubber pants. Yes. Because he's been for running around in Daisy Dukes for the last 45 minutes, killing everyone. Oh, Literal Daisy Dukes. I, I no exaggeration. Also that, I also want to mention that he's barefoot during this. Almost the whole movie. And the, not all the only it. reason this is important is so I can mention a couple things about the sequel. I didn't watch it, but I looked it up a couple things about it. And I'll mention that shortly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um... He makes his way back to the military training yeah, area. this time on a mission to save his wife. Right. Meanwhile, Hogan is like, I'm about to hurt you. I'm about to hurt him worse than he could possibly hurt me. Rapes his wife. And then, as soon as fucking Danton shows up, he's like, Yo, dude, check it out. Raped your wife. And of course, he's like, okay, well, nobody can seem to even touch me, even if they have me at gunpoint, so I'm just going to lunge across this table and straight up murder you. Which he tries to do, of course. Um, Captured again. Yes. <laughs> and uh, by this number two number two guy, really has his number for the majority. Oh, the dude that looks like Roddy Piper? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But bigger. Bigger. <laughs> Giant Roddy Piper, if that says anything. So, there's there's so many ridiculous deaths in this movie, but I definitely think his is the most ridiculous. At this point, oh yeah, oh when, yeah, for sure. When, once we get to that, at this point, the guy that he recognized earlier, having saved his yeah, life Cooper. from jumping in front of the bullet, <laughs> he um, cuts. He apparently during while the guy was knocked out, like cut his ropes a little bit so he could just flex out of him and escape. And um, he helps him with their daring escape from the compound. Yeah. And, and uh, they end up hiding her in a... <laughs> he hides it, her just it, in, like, it looks like just, like, a deer nest. Like, it's just, like, some yeah. random sticks that are, like, kind I mean, of he covered. Had, he'd done pretty well by hiding himself there earlier in the movie when he was killing hundreds of men. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid he just puts her in some place that's actually hidden. Like, 
I don't know. Maybe that huge fucking pit you dug earlier? Just for the purpose of being able to pop out of and shoot all these guys whenever they're facing you? He could have just as easily come around that corner. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason, man, for any of this shit. So, before he gets there, I we kind of skipped over this part, but he, like, weaponizes the woods. He, like, puts a bunch of plastic explosives and... Or what I would just call literally Play-Doh and thumbtacks. I'd say it's probably clay because it's just because it's gray, you wouldn't have to color it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so while the guys are running through the woods, they're constantly getting exploded and stabbed with punchy sticks and falling. And there's that one guy who uh, who uh, he trips a tripwire, which uh, he's able to catch the spear that comes to him. It's like, <laughs> and then he realizes. Uh, that it also had, like, a little grenade attached to it, and it just like, kind of blast falls out of the way. <laughs> so unbelievable. There are a ridiculous number of grenades in this movie, and they're almost never deadly, or even remotely useful. Well, no, if like, they're against bad guys, they are. Like, standard <laughs> grenades have an explosive radius, and they also fling shrapnel out. Yeah, no matter what, you're getting hit with a little piece of metal, probably. One goes off next to the main character... Perfectly fine. Not, yeah. not only that, he rolled. Okay, so <laughs> the main character... It's just like Dark Souls. If you roll, you don't take any damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main character has plot armor, or Dark Souls armor, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. But the very first non-deadly prey, the regular prey, if you will, he gets exploded by a grenade, and he's fine. He just keeps running. The very first, like, almost the first thing that happens in the movie is that he gets exploded by a grenade and continues on his escape. And it's like... Are we setting this up for any kind of? It, no, it's just you're gonna. It might as well have been an acorn, and this may as well be seven-year-olds playing in the woods. But uh, yeah, she gets captured again, of course, because rather than just have her fucking leave in one of the eight hundred fucking vehicles that are on this compound, or just run through the woods and go get help. She just hides and yeah. automatically gets captured. Hogan's got her at gunpoint. He's yelling for Dan to uh, come out or he's going to kill her. Yeah. But uh, instead, Cooper pops out and he shoots him. And he, <laughs> she's able to uh, scurry away. Mm-hmm. But number two still gets a hold of her. <laughs> Cooper gets killed. Number two tells him he's a dumbass idiot. <laughs> so, no, actually, he, I, I said that he has all the best lines because he says, you fucked up. You fucked yes. Up. <laughs> no, yes. This is the part. Because there, there is a, there's a scene, or there's a skit, the whitest kids you know skit, where um, Abraham Lincoln is like a, being aggravating at the theater, and that's why John Wilkes Booth killed him. Like, he's just being super... <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and he, he just goes, you fucked up. You have fucked up now. And he almost says that exact same phrase, and I, I was just dying. I was like, holy fucking shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, Abraham had, Lincoln. He's he's the wittiest. He's like, oh, you yeah. fucked up to her to him before he kills him. And, uh, yeah, you and, have fucked and up before now. he kills uh, Dan's wife, he says, bitch. And just shoots her. <laughs> shoots her, and she's fucking done. This movie, these two movies, if there's a link between them, it's just hilariously, like, you. just fuck you lines. <laughs> in, in fact, at the, in, I don't, I don't want to rewind back to Hands of Steel too much, but he's writing with a grease pin on that marble calendar, or, uh, countertop, countertop, and you just see him write your, 
and then he breaks it off and throws it at him, and I swear it was going to say, More you're fucked. fucked. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, another you're fucked delivery message. It's the best. Just so, like Under Siege 2. Exactly. <laughs> so, Dude, I want to get a tattoo of a fucking beaker that fucked. says you're fucked. <laughs> that is the funniest fucking gimmick of all goddamn time. Just a you're fucked beeper ex- rigged explosive. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Fucking Nanton's wife's dead. And he proceeds to just lose his shit like you would. Yeah. Runs up at, at, at uh, the henchman. Grabs his arm. Keep in mind that the henchman, is, he's pointing a gun right at him and shooting him. Yeah. But he's not selling any of it. No. And he grabs I mean, if the, he's either missing or, like, missing with the, with the, with the he's shots. He's invincible. Yeah. He's like, dude, I have plot armor. You just need to run away. Like, bad. And so, the henchman gets his arm fucking chopped off and then beat to death with his own arm. Yeah. This scene is ridiculous. Like, if you watch nothing else about this movie, at least watch this clip on YouTube. It's <laughs> See you at the potty, Cohagen. <laughs> There's only so many movies where somebody's arm gets gloriously ripped off like this. By a crazy, ripped action hero. This guy I wouldn't necessarily call a hero. This guy's clearly just out of his fucking mind. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, it... it, it this but is the part these guys all deserved it. They're oh, hunting they humans. They did. They absolutely did. They deserved, deserved it. it, but he could have been just as effective by just, oh, now that I've killed my way past the first few guys, just leave and go call the police. Yeah, like, do we... Does his friend say... The, not, I guess not his friend, but the guy who ends up helping him. I don't remember that guy's Cooper. name. Cooper? Cooper. Is this new to him, or has he been, like, killing people for a while with this group of people? It's been um, at least long enough for them to trust him. He's not, like, a brand new guy. Right. Uh, they were in the same... I'm really surprised that he let I would him assume that he was in the same troop as the uh, guy who's running the militia, so I would think he would be one of the first guys that he right. brought in. Like, yeah. yeah, because if they were together before, and also Hogan and uh, Mike Danton were together before, they were all together together. Uh, yes, you would assume. Yeah. I mean, how many different, how many different fucking noms can you fight? That at? guy's equally as fucking terrible as all the rest of them, and is clearly only helping Dan because yeah, he just he's trying knows to save he's going to get killed by him. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. He admits to that. though. I think he's helping Danton because uh, Danton had saved his life. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> I don't think there's any other. Well, but why he would he says because he saves him at one point earlier in the movie, and then says the next time we meet, it might not go this way because. We've, I've paid you back now. Here's my canteen. Have a drink of it. Next time I see you, I might shoot you. Um, that doesn't end but up why happening. Wouldn't, why wouldn't Danton just murder him like he does everyone else in the movie? Because, I don't know, Steven. Maybe he's sick and tired <laughs> of having to murder every single person. No, don't no that was like mid-murder like mid murder rage. Like he was, he was already murdering people way before and way after that. Like That was like in the middle. He just sees this guy who... Uh, he saved, like, a long time ago. He's like, oh, you're, you're part of this crazy murder cult group? Well, that's fine. I'm just gonna kill you, too. Yeah, didn't he help him, though? Like, did wasn't their first encounter him saving him? To, to pay him back? Not really. They just ran into each other. And he was like, Cooper. Yeah. And then they ran into each other yeah. again? Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Fuck the fucking... This is what cheats means when you're saying that the plot is ridiculous <laughs> and makes no sense. Yeah, just and don't worry. It might be somewhat straightforward, but it's also somewhat what the fuck are all these people doing playing around in the woods? <laughs> well, it's like so most of the movie has like these important scenes that happen that you could put in nearly any order and there's just death in between it. But when it hits these important scenes, 
Like, you might just be like, okay, it'll play like this. And then it just completely just does something different. Well, I mean, one of the reasons why you watch low-budget movies is they're not going to follow, like, your typical screenwriting rules. Right, yeah. It's yeah. like, it'll be a surprise usually even the hero's going to save his wife, <laughs> and she's not just going to get fucking blown away right in front of him. Or, yeah. I, I mean, before I mean, that's even on screen. If, yeah, I was going to say, if that's going to happen, you know? it usually happens in the first ten minutes, and that's the origin story. Yeah. Not like... It doesn't happen in the last act of the movie, generally. And then it causes him to lose the last tiny scrap of mind that he had left and just go on a straight-up rampage. Yeah. Like, I'm going to chop a guy's arm off and then beat him the fuck to death with it. And no, then it's all, all that's left is... Uh, main bad guy. Hulk Hogan. Who, uh, he makes... Uh, uh, take off his shirt and his shoes so he can hunt him like he was hunted. Yeah, and you don't even have to know that he eventually killed him because, one, he he's out of know. his mind, <laughs> and two, uh, yeah, Danton is impossible to kill anyways. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. This guy's fucked. He might as well have just received a piece of countertop or a beeper. And then you get him doing, like, this uh, freeze-frame pose. <laughs> it's, I know that I've seen a poster of, that of guy. just that. Yeah. With a... The knives up in the air it's and pretty, screaming. Ah! Yeah, it's pretty standard uh, pose, for sure. I know Rambo's done it. It has to have, at this point. So, what I wanted to mention about the second movie, and it completely destroys what you just said, Philip, about the fact that he kills Hogan. Because he fucking doesn't. Hogan's the main villain of the sequel. The <laughs> sequel, mind you, that came out in 2013. And like I, like I said, I didn't watch this, I just kind of read about it. The, the things that you need to know about this is... It's called... Deadliest Prey yeah. to Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Hogan's played by the same guy. Henchman number two comes back as, as his twin brother, playing oh, the God. same role. So what you're saying is, it's exactly as stupid as this movie. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is, the reason I mentioned about him being barefooted is apparently after he gets snatched up in the second movie and, like, wakes up in the forest, like, first thing he does after killing someone is just like, I'm not doing this barefoot again. Like, says that line, and then takes the person's boots. Yeah, because he didn't do that in the first movie, and he must have been <laughs> out of his damn mind to do that. <laughs> like, I'm too old to be running around the woods with no shoes again. You know what else I'm not doing? I'm not eating a fucking worm or a rat. <laughs> so, the Deadly, Deadly Prey movie poster has this little, like, pineapple-looking grenade next to the word prey. And I guess that's extremely branding, because it says... It has the same thing on the sequel, Deadliest Prey, with the little little red grenade next to it. And I guess that's just to signify that in this movie, grenades aren't going to do anything. I mean, and this is a very long time after the original, 2013. Well, yeah, like 30 years. Uh, 26 years, if I'm thinking right. Well, yeah, this one says 1987, that one was 2013, so yeah. Yep. That's a lot of years. Yeah, for a direct sequel to a movie. <laughs> Featuring the exact same actors, yeah. even ones that were murdered in the first one and had their arms beaten <laughs> in the death. Yeah. Oh man! If only he could have got both of his arms ripped off in the sequel and beaten to death. That would be the ultimate. Like maybe even on an elevator. <laughs> okay, so yeah, these movies are definitely worth a watch if you just want to see some so straight up carnage and also some arm wrestling. I said, so what's our picks? Yeah. Huh? What's our picks? Man, it's so hard to pick a favorite of these two. Uh, Hands of Steel. Oh, yeah, Same. I mean, 
I, I like both of these, but Hands of Steel, like, no contest. My, my vision of these has been skewed so dramatically by having watched Deadly, or Deadly Prey first and then Hands of Steel. Because I was just so actioned out by the end of it. <laughs> I was just like, God damn, is this... What do we I mean, want to fly out on helicopters for 30 minutes now? Jesus Christ! It's really fucking... Good stuff in Hands of Steel. I don't it's disagree really... with you. It even it's... has that fucking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger doing the, like... Tweaking the little pistons inside yeah. the arms, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Let's just say the music is what makes what puts Hands of Steel over. It, it put it over the top. Is that what you're yep. trying to say, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I thought as soon as I saw him working on his own hand, I was like, so he's basically a roboticist who can repair his own arm, but he can't fix a fucking car that's broken down, <laughs> like. The car that was running two seconds ago? I guess maybe it must have run out of gas. Cause th but then it wouldn't have exploded. Well, it but it's Hollywood. Fumes. fumes are more explosive than the gas. Yeah, they're so. not going to blow up the whole car, though. It wouldn't blow up anyways. So, yeah, I guess if I have to pick, i got to pick Hands of Steel, just for being less stupid than Deadly Prey. <laughs> I... Deadly Prey was stupid. I... I loved it, but it was stupid as fuck. Either way, Philip. You can't lose picking either one of these. No, no, I these just are both find it insane that you guys are both talking about how off the rails Deadly Prey is. I thought it was. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it, the amount of killing in it is silly, but there's no fucking arm wrestling. I, <laughs> I get what D Hart's saying. You're not. I, I think we're talking about two different kinds of going off the rails. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of just batshit crazy like. Plot points? Chopping a, a snake's head off with your fist. Karate chopping it off <laughs> right after an arm wrestling match that ended in a uh, bondage uh, slap bracelet barrier. Throwing challenges on ver various items. Yeah, it's all just... <laughs> Hands of Steel, plot-wise, is certainly more ridiculous. But Deadly Prey... There is no future. <laughs> you have, you no, have future. no future. <laughs> That's all. No other message for you. Just that you have no future. See you later. It's not make America environmenty again. And that fucking in message. Dude. <laughs> just absolute gibberish. And it should yeah, blow your makes mind. No sense. It I was a day love it, in the future when it had happened. It was totally like a fucking poochie moment from The Simpsons, Philip. Like I was, <laughs> you know died I mean? on the way back to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mean, I have to go now. My planet needs me. Like, I, I kind of want this written on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a day in our near future. The era of the cyborg had begun. Dear, I can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll all put together. <laughs> no, I mean, I can, I can do that. It, it means that, nothing. It would mean hard. as little on my tombstone as it does in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming, now this might not even be accurate, but I'm assuming your death will not be cyborg related. Already? In this movie, there are cyborgs. If I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Which I haven't been so far. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> You're just assuming definitely cyborg death, then. I don't know. I feel like we're definitely more likely to die by the hands of like artificially intelligent robots than cyborgs. If, if it's one of those two. So, yeah, I guess it's Hands of Steel all the way across America. But, yeah. <laughs> but watch them both. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, watch Deadly Prey also, because they're both for free. Oh, what the fuck? Deadly Prey is, 
has a higher rating on IMDb and about the same number of views, even more actually. Well, those people are wrong. Yeah, they're dumb as fuck. Here, let me just fix that real quick. <laughs> even though we just said that we like both of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give. Well, yeah, you're right. I'll give Deadly Prey a nine. <laughs> Hands of Steel gets a ten. I give everything either a either a ten or a zero or whatever the well, lowest is zero. one. Yeah. The only way to give it a zero is to not give it anything. <laughs> what are you raising your hand for, Cheats? Or are you just trying um, to not be so hot? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying not to All be right. so hot. We got any fleed back, Steve? Yeah, just one from uh, my coworker Matt. I sent him the seven-minute trailer of Deadly Friend, which has... <laughs> like, Deadly Prey! Or Deadly Prey, yeah, sorry. I okay. always do that, every time. <laughs> uh, I sent him the seven-minute trailer of Deadly Prey, and uh, it's got, like, basically all the best parts from the movie in it. You know, the beating your arm, beating the guy to death with his own arm, etc. And he said, wow, that might be the best trailer of all time. <laughs> this is the kind of shit my buddy John and I watched endlessly back in the days. I've seen so many movies like this. It yeah. seems like there, there's probably a... I'm not sure if it'd be an official trailer, but... Uh, Somebody's had to have made one for uh, Turkish Star Wars. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, um, I'm sure. And that should be really fucking good. Not, <laughs> not official uh, feedback, but I'll say I'm surprised we don't have feedback from Joel Mingle, actually. Because he messaged me on Facebook. He's like, hey, man, I got some free time. What's the movies for this week? I'm like, Hands of Steel and Deadly Prey. And then I just explained them. And I was just like, Hands of Steel is like basically everything you'd expect out of an 80s action movie, up to and including arm wrestling and semi-trucks. And his response was just... What? Fuck yes! And that was that was it. <laughs> yeah, occasionally we get a couple of real winners on the podcast, and this was definitely the case this week. Alright guys, well, if you want to tell your friends about us, they can find us on iTunes where they can download all of our episodes for free. They can also get them from UnitedCypher.com where they can download other podcasts that we have, like the Fallout Forecast, Talks Over Games, or the Anime Alphabet. Uh, check out some podcasts that we listen to on the regular. Uh, Nerdonomy, who present Nerds on Film. Uh, Trick or Treat Radio, uh, Sean vs. Wild, and Plumbing the Death Star. Shoot us some feedback to address on the show. You can hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter at MPM Podcast. And with that being said, I've been one of your hosts, Stephen the Rose Rosenberg. Bill the Kill Collins. Cheats the Cyborg McGee. And Dehart. And we'll see you next time. I walk through the rain again and again. Yeah.